Thank you for joining Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street, Pomona, California. Sunday Praise and Worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible Study, 7 p.m. And on Saturdays, you'll find us on kkla.com or 99.5 at 11.30 p.m. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. We don't believe there is a plan B. We only believe in plan A, and that is uh, Alpha. God is Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. I want to thank you again for joining the online service of the Cornerstone of Grace. If you're uh, in the area looking for a church home, growth ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. We're in the book of Genesis this evening. We're plowing our way through it, planting seeds, watering learning as what God wants us to learn, and that is his word. There's nothing greater than the word of God. The Bible said heaven and earth would pass away, but his word is going to stand. Matter of fact, in the Psalms, the psalmist says that the word of God is held in a high esteem, even higher than his name. And we know that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. We're touching on those things, the law of particularization, moving from the general to the particular, the universe, earth, man, and spirit. We are touching the creation and principal person who is the cosmological, the cause of all things, and the teleological, the designing mind behind everything. Yes, everything. You know, Genesis, uh, Moses in his uh, in his writing, the, the first part of the Torah uh, talks about, you know, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, you know, and then John touches on it and said that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and it was and the word was God. And he goes on to say that there wasn't anything made. There's nothing that exists that wasn't made by him. So everything came into existence by the word of God. We're in the 12th chapter of Genesis, Genesis 12. And beginning at the 10th verse, it says, And Abraham journeyed, going on still toward the south. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram 
went down into Egypt to sojourn there, and the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass when he was come near to Egypt, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarah, his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore, it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, This is his wife, and they shall kill me, but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee that thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. And it came to pass that when Abram was come into Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was fair. And the princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh. And uh, the woman was taken unto Pharaoh's house. And, it, and he entreated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep, oxen, and, and asses, and manservants, and maidservants, and she asses, and camels. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why sayest thou she is my sister, so I may have taken her to me to wife? Now, therefore, behold, our wife, take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace. We thank you, Lord, for this day. This 11th day of January, you have blessed us. You have kept us. Lord God, whether it was a good day or if it was a bad hair day, you're still God and you kept us. And thank you. Lord God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the good that we dealt with. And we, we thank you, Lord God, for the things that we thought were not so good. But you saw fit. You gave us a reasonable portion of health. You gave us a reasonable portion of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to deal with situations throughout this day. Lord, we depend on you, and we look unto you as the author and the finisher of our faith. Help us, Lord, to walk on the straight and narrow path that you have designed. You said, few there be that find it. Help us, Lord God, to find what you want us to discover. Help us, Lord God, to, uh, to understand it and to apply your word in our lives. In Jesus' name, Lord, if there's any sick that is among us, any that are listening now, any that will tune in later, Lord God, I pray for their health, their well-being mentally, emotionally, and physically. Lord Jesus, you know the need. You know how to properly diagnose what we're dealing with. You know how to get to the core of it. And you know the antidote. Lord, so we thank you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name.
Amen. Want to take a thought from the scriptures that was read, and that is, it seemed simple. It seemed simple. Have you ever thought something and within your mind, you developed it, you put it together, you just knew the plan that you had was a simple way out. I think all of us have been there at one time or another. A simple, you know, a simple plan of action that would get us from A to Z, you know, whether, you know, we had it all mapped out in our mind, what we was going to say, how we was going to do it. Uh, we knew it would work when we executed it. It seemed simple. We've been there one time or another. Now, we have to say also that there has been uh, shame because of it. Maybe you got away with it, you know, and, uh, and then you had to keep perpetrating. You had to keep pretending uh, because of the scenario and what you gave, you know, that simple ideal to get you out of whatever it was. You had to keep pretending until you lost contact with those people, until you moved away, until something changed and you was able to breathe again around them. Abram was mentally and emotionally engaged in a situation and not just Abram, but his wife as well. She knew, they, they knew that they were coming um, to or headed toward the land of Egypt, you know, and so they were engaged in mentally, emotionally, and, and you know, stressing out. Maybe today you woke up with thoughts of something happening. You know, yesterday I went through the, the entire day and it just seemed so different. And I cannot tell you that I put my finger on what was making me feel the way that I felt throughout the day. Now, I didn't come up with no simple plan to try to, uh, there wasn't no need for that. And and, and truth um, or honesty is always the best policy is, you know, as you as you mature and you get all, you, you learn that and you stick with that, please. Honesty is the best policy. You never ever need to be or allow yourself to be forced into a situation where you need to uh, uh, lie about anything. Abram was mentally and emotionally engaged in this situation and his wife and, and, you know, but you may have woke up today with some thoughts of something happening. You may have been um, thinking about some things that was building up. So you strategize on a solution strategizing what you was going to say, strategized on texting something to someone. You know, we do a lot of texting. I got a, a long texting uh, this week and, you know, and so uh, we have thoughts and we, we express them more uh, through texting than verbalizing or discussing 
because it's a way of getting your point across. But uh, let me uh, warn you about that. You cannot and usually don't know what's on the other person's mind or what they were thinking when whatever occurred uh, took place unless you speak with them. And the Bible tell us and all are getting to get an understanding. So let me just throw this in there for those that want to tell people off in a text message because it seems so simple to get your point across that way. You may be out of tune. You may have trespassed into an area of offense that you didn't know. And so because you didn't have a understanding, well, I know that person is like that. No, you don't know what was on their mind because discernment was not working to make that, um, to connect the dots for you. You have to talk. Even God said, come and let us reason together. You prepare for the worst using your reasoning. Like Abram, he prepared or was preparing for what he thought was the worst using his reasoning. I wonder if they had the technology or some of the technology that we have today, if they would have had a verbal conversation or if they would have FaceTime or if they would have uh, how that would have worked out. We'll never know. We only know how it works for us today. And the question is, are we using uh, that technology properly? Trust me, I'm, I'm for technology. Uh, and that is my vocation. But are we using it properly? Let's go on. Genesis 12, uh, 10 verses said, there was a famine in the land. There, there was a famine. And some of you as uh, adults may not have dealt with a uh, famine or a um, uh, what we look at today and, you know, and we don't call it famine. We just say that it's economic, you know, stress. And we have other terms that we use, you know, uh, recession and different things. And so that's what they were dealing with. When Abram went down into Egypt, he thought uh, because the Bible said the famine was grievous so that they traveled toward the south and um, and the famine was every place. It was all over the place. There was no place that they turned and looked at the famine. And so they went down to Egypt looking for some sort of release. Uh, but uh, there was trouble there as well. Because the famine was terrible. Now, political parties here in our, in our state, USA, uh, have stated that there's going to be a recession later, you know, and now they're talking, uh, making other uh, talks and announcements that, you know, it, it may have uh, slipped by. But understand, there is a cycle that does occur where uh, economically we hit uh, turmoil. And so when you hear of those things and or even before you hear of it, it's good for us to be uh, frugal. Let's be frugal. And some don't want to be frugal. Uh, they don't feel that they have enough to be frugal, but that's the time that you need to be frugal. And others, uh, they have deep pockets. But I, I found out that even some that I knew that had deep pockets were frugal. 
They weren't buying up everything. Matter of fact, that 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 individual that's driving that bucket. Now I refer to all vehicles as buckets. My my car is a, is a bucket. Um, I call someone else's vehicle a bucket, and they they tell me don't call it a bucket. You know that's it. But listen, whatever name you have for it, that bucket on wheels. It doesn't mean because someone has a rust bucket or a painted bucket or whatever type of bucket they may be driving that uh, that they're not doing well. Some people just feel and, and like I do that your vehicle is just a tool to get you from point A to point B to get you to where you need to go. And, and so, you know, whether it's two wheels or four wheels, which uh, to get you there, your your preference. But being frugal, being frugal, uh, there are those that that are not frugal. They they have very expensive things, and um, you know we used to laugh and and at people that uh, that maybe they had a very very well actually they had they had half of a house uh, they had a house down payment parked at an apartment, and, and so. You want to think about what you do and how you spend and, you know, be wise in what you do, because when when things get rough and they, they get rough sometime, you want to have something, a little bit of something stored up. You want to have some cheddar stacked somewhere. All right. Unlike spending during the holidays, because they were talking about how people overspent and they, they have this discussion every year about this time, the first quarter of January, and people are, are trying to dig their way out of the debt uh, because when uh, when the holiday came around, they fell into the tradition phase that you must spend money and you must buy those things that you really should not be buying as if if you don't buy it, your child or you uh, won't survive the next moment. But they would. They would. They will. You know, that's a whole discussion in itself, and we're not going to spend time there today, but but people uh, spend. They spend what they don't have. And so uh, you may not go, the, the, the country may not go into a recession, but you place yourself in one, and you have to dig your way out of it. People spent what they don't have and bought what they didn't need, and they're in debt and have a high level of anxiety um, and be, during this first quarter because of it. But we don't have to do that because we're wise. We're wise in what we do, you know. Um, and like I said, there, I, I'm, there are a lot of comical things that my sons and, and daughters could, um, could express. And, you know, and, and talk about what they had growing up, what they did not have. Um, and even recently, my son was was telling um, someone about the tennis shoes where he was on the court. Um, what you call breaking people ankles with uh, with these off brand tennis shoes, because we would not spend hundreds of dollars for um for name brand shoes. So he had pay less shoes and pay less tennis shoes, turn And, and there was a whole song created about him playing basketball with turn on. And so, um, so there's a whole lot of stories like that, but, 
don't spend what you don't have. Spend what you need. You know, everyone is going to survive and be better off with um, proper spending. And, and so it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarah, his wife, behold, now I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. He's giving his wife a nice compliment. You know, um, while they were on the way, he's looking over at her. He's reminiscing on her beauty. Now, remember, when they left Haran, he was 75 and she was 65. And apparently aging wonderfully, and inexcusably taking care of herself. Gentlemen, Abram was taking care of her mentally and emotionally. Uh, this was not the first time that he um, flirted or said anything complimentary to his wife. And so we could take a lesson here. What are you telling yours? You know, I, I love this phrase. Um, as one minister was was uh, was up speaking and he said and he was talking about family life and he said, you know, go home and water your garden, go home, water your garden and, and, and let God talk to you. It, it makes a difference when there's peace at home. It makes a difference when you are uh, out, whether you're naturally in your backyard watering to make it look nice for her to go and enjoy or. Uh, those intimate moments. Water your garden. Take care of what's going on. And so Abram was had taken care of his. And he was reminiscing on her beauty. And he gave her a compliment. And he let her know that, look, they're going to see you. And they're going to see what I see. Uh, they're going to see you and see what I see. And uh, I believe the Egyptians, they appear to have had a reputation for a uh, uh, for hey, there's a beautiful woman, uh, which um, they now are going to uh, recommend. They're going to recommend to to Pharaoh, and so he's thinking about the Egyptians and what they have heard, what they have done, what he's heard of them, and what they have done. And this messed with Abram. And as I said, had a bearing also on Sarah too. If you have never, now if you have never compromised in the early, in your early years of your walk, uh, then, then you're excused. But if you try to take matters into your own hands at any time, there's nothing we can say as far as his actions and what he said and what he, um, uh, the picture that he painted for Pharaoh and what he was asking Sarah to do out of fear. He was afraid. Fear will make you do things, make you act a certain way. Fear will make a person run when there's nobody chasing them. Fear. People become paranoid. People become delusional. Things get into your mind, get into your spirit, and will make you act funny. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about um, I'm not talking about substance abuse. I'm just talking about just fear in itself and, and how it can overwhelm you. You know, there is a lot of fear uh, factors that are played upon us in, as we're uh, commercials. There's commercials that come on and talk about um, the, the 
tax men or IRS and, you know, and creditors and you need to call these people and different things, which, um, which they're playing upon a person's fear. They're playing upon those that, that have actually walked into a situation where there is some debt and they don't know what to do. And we'll talk more about that later, but fear. Fear will, it, when it gets under your skin, it, it bothers you. It bothers you until you get rid of that fear and you face that. And, and so Abram was dealing with this. And so he asked her, he asked her to, you know, say you're my sister. Now, some would say the Lord spoke to him, get out of, get out of the land that you're in, go where I show you and you know, great, you're going to be a great nation and you're going to have blessings and our name is going to be great and, you know, protection for you and, and curse those and uh, others that, that try to curse you. And, and, you know, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback. It's easy to talk about how um, and what you should have or could have done, uh, you know, to um, to overcome opposition, to overcome the situation. It's easy to, to say those things, you know, and I think all of us uh, watching football and or some type of sporting event. Oh, that was, but you're not out there. You're not out there. You don't have a skill set. They've went from being good at what they did to being great. We have not even reached the point of being good to even be considered uh, to be placed on the playing field. So Monday morning quarterbacking is not an option. Each of us need to and must apply the hope and faith logic that we want others and, and we say others should do. We have to apply that to our own lives. And certainly you'll never know how to deal with a situation or what you're going to do until you're in that situation. You don't know. You only know what you're thinking. And it seemed so simple. He had an idea and it seemed so simple. Therefore, it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, this is his wife. And they're going to kill me so they can, they can take you alive. They're going to wipe me out so that they can have you. Can you imagine what she may have been thinking to be told that by her husband? That and the fear and the concerns that he had. Abram shared his concern with his wife. And so that brings up a, a question. Are you sharing your concern and your cares with your wife? Or with your husband? Wives, are you covering things instead of talking about them? You know, there's an obligation that we have that we should discuss those things and talk about what is what may be bothering us. Now, I know you want to say, well, we'll I'll pray about it. I'm going to fast about it. But as the minister in your home. It's good to talk about things. It's good to talk about things with one another. Because then you both can pray about the situation. If you're hiding things one from another, then you're not on the same page. You're not there. 
Eventually, you will start taking different directions. And Mark 3 and 25 says, and if a house is be divided against itself, that house cannot stand when there's division. Now, so see, it doesn't have to be an argument falling out. It could be just that you are, you, you're both walking around thinking about something and you're taking different directions instead of working together uh, to make something happen, working together and, and and gentlemen, you may not always have the answer. You don't have to have the answer. You just need to be a good listener and and be there. Just be there and provide that type of comfort. And the same thing with wives. You, you may not have the answer or you may have it. But we won't know if the information is not shared, if it's not discussed. So communication is good. And so he communicated with her about his concerns. And, but he had a simple ideal concerning what was going to be done. When the Egyptians see you, they will kill me. And so now fear is heightened. So I pray thee, thou art my sister that it may be well with me for thy sake and for my soul shall live because of thee. you know, tell them that you're my sister. We're going to, we're going to put together this story. We're going to, we're just going to pretend that you're my sister. And so he asked her for help, help me. I don't know what else to do, but help me. At least this is where he was in this moment. Now we don't know, Abram, uh, if he's ever embellished the truth before, we know right now he's taking this matter into his own hands. And so we're, we're not going to point the finger at him or anything um, because we haven't. None of us have been 100% in our thinking all the time. Romans 2 and 1 says, Thou therefore, therefore thou art it inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judges. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judges doing this, doeth the same thing. Now, if you've done the same thing that someone else has done, you know, then you can't be very judgmental uh, about it. And everything starts with us. The Bible tells us to consider ourselves before we even approach anyone else. The Bible said, if you see a brother uh, if you see someone overtaken in a fault, it says you that are spiritual, which is not talking about you, you know, walking up to them, um, putting your hands on them, praying for them. It's not talking about you uh, uh, dancing down the aisle, you know, or quickening or rolling across the floor, nothing like that. No, it's talking about discernment. It's talking about you having an understanding. It's talking about you being compassionate to understand where that person is at and what help they actually need. Can you do that? I think all of us can do that. And so if we've done the same thing, then, then we can relate. We can relate to where a person is, what they've done, you know, whatever the sin is, whatever the situation is, without beating them up. Without using a word, the Bible said, my word is like a hammer. Well, that's in God's hand, not yours. You know, 
the Bible said that that love covers a multitude of fault. So I think that we, we have to take the word of God and use it as a blanket and cover those that we meet. Somebody's in the cold, they're already feeling the cold, and then you come along with a, a wooden ham, handle and a, a metal head on it, that's pretty cold. But if you come with a blanket and, and show some warmth, this is gonna make a, that's gonna make a difference. And especially when, when you know that you have been there. Romans 3 and 23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so then we can also apply Romans 6, 1 and 2 says, what should we say then? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And Sarah, look, if you do this, it's going to help me. Uh, is going to spare the grief of them, of you knowing that they are, uh, that they killed me for you. There is a danger, extreme danger with this simple ideal of, you know, blurring the lines. There are some that blur the lines and, and God only knows. People are blurring the lines and walking what we call a tightrope, creating gray areas which actually do not exist in the word of God. There is no gray areas. Either it's right or it's wrong. There's no gray area. It's either right or it's wrong. And so you have to be very careful. You want to do what is right. I, I believe the word of God says, shun the very appearance of evil. And so we have to be careful in our conversation and joking and different things, you know, um, you know, not to paint the wrong picture, not to. Uh, we got to be very careful so that it does not look like we're doing something wrong. So it doesn't come across the wrong way. The Bible said and it came to pass that when Abram was coming to Egypt, the Egyptians behold, uh, beheld the woman that she was very fair. 65 years old, looking good. The princes also of Egypt saw her and commended her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And so when they arrived in Egypt, the Egyptians, they saw her, and they saw how beautiful she was. A few of them, they, they thought the same thing, man. And, you know, and even, and they... Not only by them doing this, they also would find favor with Pharaoh that, hey, look what, look what we discovered. The girl's fine and introduced her to Pharaoh. Maybe you went on uh, a few blind dates. Um, you know, some good and others were not good. I, I've heard stories about catfish being catfished and et cetera, uh, you know, different things. And I've seen a few reality uh, shows where Things were not what they seemed. Like Sarah uh, lived a life that uh, she lived a life that made her attractive, and you ought to be attractive for you know for your loved one. So you know, gentlemen, you know, as you get older, uh, your um, 
if you now now maybe you've gone through life and you just you just shape that way but if you weren't you know it, it doesn't hurt to to stay in shape it's going to do your health good it's going to do your family good and you know and and the same thing with our with our ladies you know and so i see um people are out walking as couples and at the gym and different things and you know and you work out together and do things together that is going to help you you know make you attractive to your love and complimentary you know it's nothing wrong with compliments and ladies and gentlemen don't don't trip when someone look at you at your um lady or look at your your man and say hey and give them a compliment that don't mean they're lusting lust is not the same as a compliment it's nice to to have someone else to compliment what you have you you get to stick your chest out because they're with you they're holding on to your arm they're holding on knowing that you and what they're saying is not something that you haven't already told them it's something that you've already made them feel because you're, you're watering your garden. And so, uh, you know, she's your good ground and he's your good ground. They're not saying anything or telling them anything that they don't already know. So they saw her and saw her beauty. Abram knew that she looked good at 65 and plus, and they, you know, they knew he knew what he had and she knew what what she had the bible said and he entered he entreated pharaoh entreated abraham well for for her sake and he had sheep oxen and asses and men servants and maid servants and she asses and camels and the lord plagued pharaoh and his house with a great plague because of sarah abraham's wife God got involved in this situation. He got involved because there are promises that he's made. And so there are some things that that God has promised you. And you don't know how it's going to turn out. You clueless. All you know is that you, you've left and you're following the vision of what God is showing you. You're hearing what he said. You're doing his will. But there are some things that you don't see. But God hasn't where he has it in control where those that would do you harm he's protecting you on the job in the school on the freeway whatever wherever god's got you he's got you and so he got involved with this situation he knew what abram did he knew what he was going to do prior he knew what he was doing right now and he got involved and he shook things up and Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this that thou has done? Why did you tell me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why says thou she is my sister so that I may take in her to wife? Now take your wife, take her, get out of here. He was troubled. God know how to stir things up and trouble those that would trouble you. God know how to shake things up in the relationship when it's right 
and when it's not right. And what God does not do is force himself on anyone to make them obey him. Now he knew Abram would obey him. He knew Sarah would uh, obey him. And, and so the Lord stepped in and stirred up Pharaoh's house. Everybody got in trouble. Why did you say she's your sister? I wouldn't have touched her. I wouldn't have taken her. Take your wife and go away. Now, this is what he has said. Now, there are people, and as we read the word of God, there are people that that have in, that show integrity. And I believe, and I don't want to go ahead of myself, but I believe there was an instance where, where God showed up in a dream and was and was speaking with uh, with the king and, and said, and the king replied and said, but I didn't do anything. You know, I've held my integrity and I'm paraphrasing it. And the, um, and the Lord said, I know that's why I did not take you out. And we'll get to that later. Pharaoh commended his men, his servants concerning Abram and sent them away, his wife and all that he had. Mighty God, I'm going to stop right there. Things might seem simple. The ideal might seem simple. But if it's not God's simplicity, it can become complicated real quick. It can get people in trouble. Let's keep with honesty as the best policy. What we might think is simple may become complicated. You know, I've always, I always laugh at the movie where, where they're trying, they don't have an excuse for what they're doing. So they just say it's complicated and it's not complicated. It's not that complicated. It's just being honest. It's being truthful in what you do. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for this short exhortation about your word. Lord, sometimes we we take matters into our own hand and we have tried to make things simplify it and, and, and have excuses and do things a certain way that did not line up with your will. And we pray and ask your forgiveness. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would help us, Lord God, to, uh, to be people of integrity. Lord God, to be honest, to be holy as you're holy. Stay away from those things that appear to be a gray area. Lord, we want to be in your divine will. Lord Jesus, help us to know, help us to see and understand your divine will. Lord God, so that we know how to operate properly, so that we be found pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Some friends, that, again, this is Pastor Carl Henderson inviting you to meet with us at the Cornerstone of Grace. 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Uh, Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. So bring your praise and worship with us and God will do the rest. God bless you. Look forward to, to seeing and hearing from you. And in Jesus' name, now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. If you, vis if you visit us at connectingtruth.org for prayer, 
Um, if you submit a prayer request there, please give us a valid email address if you want us to uh, respond back. And um, we'd love to hear your testimony and how the Lord is blessing you. You know, as I like to think of and know the word of God, it says it. Is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything too hard? And so the Bible tells us that there isn't. Be blessed. Tell someone about the broadcast to tune in and to hear the word of God. Until then, uh, my prayer is that you rest well. If you're starting your day, uh, that your evening, your work, uh, that everything will be peaceful. And, and uh, until we meet again.